There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Jason and Alexis podcast is brought to you by our friends at Sears Imported Autos, serving four generations of happy returning customers. Sears Imported Autos is just 10 minutes west of downtown on 394 in Minnetonka. More information at SearsImports.com. Hey, Jace, did I see you drive by my house in a new car? You sure did there, Goober. I waved to you in your front lawn. Nice. I didn't know you were getting a new one. Where did you go, Jason? I went to Sears Imported Autos, and I really wasn't planning on getting a new car. But I went online. I saw a car. I went in there, and Sue, I love Sue, her service was amazing, and it really was one of those examples of customer service makes a difference. And it's not a surprise surprise to me they've been in business for over 55 years serving not one not two not three four lex and dawn four generations of happy customers and now i'm one of them they were named best of the best for mercedes for 2018 and 2019 i mean it is really where as they say quality meets affordability the selection of their certified pre-owned vehicles will help you find like a dream car at the price you want so if you're gonna get a car don or lex sears imported autos where are they again, Lex? Sears Imported Autos is just 10 minutes west of downtown on 394 in Minnetonka. More information at SearsImports.com. And when you walk into Sears Imported Autos, make sure you say you heard about them from Jace. Good morning. Welcome back to Jason and Alexis in the morning on this Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. I'm Jason Matheson along with Alexis Thompson, Don McLean, and Kenny. Beep, beep. Keeping you safe on the roads. Beep, beep. <laughs> Watch out now. Yeah. Here comes Jason. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> what does it sound like when you back up? How I cuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you guys getting enough rest? My talker, is everyone getting enough rest? No. Lex, okay. Nope. Dawn? I'm, not I'm Dawn? doing all right right now. It's okay. been, I got a weighted blanket for Christmas and it's changed things. Oh, yeah. look how cute uh, you are with your weighted blanket. Yes, in a little cocoon. Look at that, Kenny. Do you are you, Kenny, I, my love? Are you getting enough rest? I I am. A reason but I'm it's asking. not an, I'm. It's not enough. Yeah. Um, both Sunday night and last night, I was in bed by seven thirty, and got a lot nice. of sleep. And I'm still just. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, well, I, I'm. I feel like I slept 15 minutes both nights. Oh, no. I'm asking because there's an article talking about 
and and I think we're all going to feel this pressure. And I apologize for adding more pressure to all of us. But the reason that I brought this up is because we need seven. There are seven different types of rest that we need. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Seven. All right. I'd love seven. to hear these. Okay. Okay. So physical rest. Okay. Okay. That includes sleeping and napping. Mm-hmm. Active rest means like getting a massage, doing yoga, meditating, or just laying just around. Laying on the floor. Okay. Yeah, because you need. The yeah, there's there's passive, physical rest and active. So that's number one. Mm-mm. How oh, I think we're all. Well, Lex, you're not. You need you need more passive physical rest, right? May, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure the definite. I mean, if there's seven different, I thought it's just you're asleep That's, or you're not. Nope, nope. Physical yeah, rest and stuff. Nope, but. nope. Physical okay. rest is number one. Okay. Number two. This is where I think we're going to lose everyone here. <laughs> number two, mental rest. Oh, Le- I try. I try. Letting your brain take a break. Mm. Yeah. Kenny, That's probably the problem. Okay. Yeah, I worked last yesterday until about six o'clock. Okay, so. then that's a no for you. That's a no, yeah. Don. How are you that's in the same, mental rest? Same with Sunday, I was working at five a.m. on Sunday. No, then you're you're so. a big no for number two. Okay, yeah. Don. How are you with the mental rest? Are you giving your brain twenty minutes off every day? I feel like I'm so much better since uh, I am Grant comes in for the two hours of Don and Steve now because it was very difficult to for eight months or whatever i did six hours on the air i just could not mentally i just couldn't stop my brain you know Uh it's just too much talking Uh (laughs) and thinking and tell me yeah it's just yeah jason yeah (laughs) yeah for sure lex are you getting 20 minutes of brain brain Uh, rest so 20 minutes of brain rest does that mean just sitting there and your brain's off. That's mental rest. Out. Yep, nothing. Yeah, I don't think I'm getting that. Okay. I'm not either. So number three, these are the seven different, not dwarfs. These are the seven <laughs> different types of rest we all so need. We're only to two. We're only to two. Oh, no. Sensory rest. Extended breaks. We're constantly looking at screens now. We need... We need extended breaks from screens. I'm good at that. Okay. If I'm reading, does that count? Are you no. looking at a screen? No, I'm reading no, a, a no, physical no, no, book. No, 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 Don. No, no. Okay, oh, a physical book, then yes. I've a physical been... book, yes. Okay. You're fine. Kenny, are you giving yourself a sensory rest? Uh, no. Okay, some, we'll mark you down. Sometimes, sometimes okay. maybe. Four, a creative rest. Well, that's what these three hours of the show are. Uh, uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> this is our time. Creative rest. According, according to some. Um, yeah. Um, it's you know, con- a lot of creative rest just are forced upon you. You just are in a rut. Mm-hmm. Because when you're feeling that creative flow, you got to ride, baby, ride. Oh, yeah. God. Because they said, this article said creative rest <laughs> is like mental rest, number two. So does that mean doing creative things or well, not doing creative things? Well, no. Creative rest is a more focused mental rest. So you take a break from problem solving and brainstorming. Oh. Mm-hmm. So my talkers, we're up to number four. Physical, mental, sensory, creative. Number five, emotional rest. 
How do you do that? There's you so separate. <laughs> you yeah. separate yourself from things that make you feel emotionally overwhelmed, no, including friends really and easy. family. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I can separate my emotions and just go, I'm not going to feel right now. Nine days is a long time <laughs> yeah. to be with your spouse for a big... Anyway. Um, That's I am for not- someone who's like super uh, intuitive or, or emotional already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see that just... So do I, you, do you, are you good at that? Oh, no. No. Yeah. I need emotional rest. I I yeah. do not I do not have it. Yeah, I was just joking about that. I think that's probably oh, no, a big oh, no. stressor for me. Yeah. Number six, social rest. Ding ding ding. Yeah. <laughs> Already happening. Yeah, it says uh, spending less time on the negative, destructive uh, things in your life, like being, you know. Uh, oh, I thought that was social more like media. People and uh, yeah, I did that too. That too. But removing that negative, destructive social aspects out of your life and replacing it with supportive people. And number oh, seven, cool. yeah, spiritual rest. Mm-hmm. Finding a way. I'm nap after this list. I know. I'm sorry. Spiritual. So um, taking a, some time to to connect with. Yes, finding your, a way to divine or your beliefs. Well, whatever that means, finding a way uh, to feel a larger sense of belonging, love, acceptance, and purpose, Mm. which is broad, you know? Yeah. So there we go. Seven different types of rest we need. Mm -mm. I know. I'm exhausted, too. It's more mental, emotional for me that Mm -hmm. I need to work on. Yeah, I need need number five, like stat. That was emotional? Yeah. And then where is it? Don't accept calls from bosses. Where's that? That's number two from mental. <laughs> Seven Seven twelve is the time. When we come back. <laughs> no. When we come back, uh, Tiger Woods documentary on HBO Max. Uh, episode one debuted on Sunday. We'll talk about that. And then scenes actors wish they had never filmed don i can't wait for that don has that when we come back warning here comes a cliche ladies your smile is your calling card to the world yeah even though people can't see our smiles on the radio well they can sense we're smiling even during your dad jokes lex um don i don't know if i would categorize that post joke look as smiling rude All jokes aside, your smile is so important. And if you don't like yours for whatever reason, it can be debilitating. It can really affect the quality of your life. And that's why we're so proud to represent Dr. Amy Hughes at Hughes Dental. Dr. Amy has her fantastic virtual smile consults. Here's how it works. You email Dr. Amy with your smile concerns. You can even upload a pic at Hughes-Dental.com. And Dr. Amy will send you back a private video message detailing an action plan. And here's one of the best things. There's no pressure to buy. She doesn't believe in that stuff. This is your year to change your smile. And yes, here's another cliche. Change your life. And she's the best at cosmetic dentistry. Don't you have a fun nickname for Dr. Amy, Jace? I sure do. The Yoda of cosmetic dentistry. Trust her, we do. Very good Yoda there, Don. Contact Dr. Amy and take advantage of her virtual smile consults at Hughes-Dental.com. And don't forget, Dr. Amy can be your regular dentist, too. She's my regular dentist. Again, that's Hughes-Dental.com. 
Dot com. We all have things we regret. <laughs> yep. Boy, do we. Oh, no. Where's this going? <laughs> Including actors. Actors sometimes regret maybe taking a movie, maybe doing a TV show just for the cash. Or maybe they regret just doing a scene in a movie. Welcome back to the show. Right, Dawn? Yeah. Uh, I It's funny. I'm so glad that you read this because as I was spinning through the web, the WWWs, um, I got interrupted and never came back to this. So this is a list of what? Actors' regrets of scenes? Yeah. D- explaining iconic scenes maybe that uh, their directors um, tricked them into or <laughs> maybe, which is just horrible. Um, horrible. Th- uh, the first one's in that category. Um, or just things that they're like, uh, I-, I just didn't know it was going to turn out that way or they were going to use so many cuts of me with my shirt off. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, that's the list I have. You want to get into it? Now? Yeah, let's okay. do it. All right. Well, okay. the first one, everybody knows Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. When I read this, it made me really mad because I think with the Me Too movement, um, this is the type of thing that went on in TV and movies mm-hmm. where directors were tricking women into doing things on camera. Um, it was the leg cross heard from around the world. Sharon Stone says that she was tricked into it. Uh, the director, uh, by the way, his name is Paul Verhoeven. And yeah. she said, my director said, can you hand me your underpants? Because you shouldn't have underpants on, but we won't see anything. That wasn't and, talked about beforehand? No. Well, no. She said, <gasps> I, uh, sure. Uh, I didn't know this moment would change my life. He said, we won't see Gross. anything. So she didn't know the angle of the camera. Okay. Oh, oh my goodness. So, you know, and, and people like, it did change her life. Like, uh, you know, people have opinions about Sharon Stone in general, just like her as a person based on that one thing, you know. And, yes. and just, you know, in college when I was an acting student, I had a director who I played a uh, transient person in a, in a play. And he later, this director was like, you know, reprimanded and and brought against a committee for other things that he did to students. But he told me during a play that I, as as a a homeless person, wouldn't wear underwear and I shouldn't wear it to rehearsal. I shouldn't wear it to rehearsal, you know. And so it's just kind of something like that that's like supposed to be like, oh, you're a method actor. So, you know, you wouldn't be. And it's just all around like, trust me, I'm an actor. I can, you know, just... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Doing that situation, did you continue with the role or did you just say, forget it? I don't, I don't oh, no, do I this. totally did. I mean, we were all very oh. eager as 20 yes. year olds to please the director and do what he wanted. And, you know, he'd be like, I don't think you should wear a bra because she wouldn't no. have a bra. 
way. No kidding. Ew. So this goes on at a higher level. <laughs> no, not at all. Still teaching. Um, ah! <laughs> just Ew. at a different university. Uh, so, you know, this goes with uh, directors would do this, you know, making women cry on camera. Just crazy stuff. So I'll move on to something a little bit lighter. Um here um martin sheen uh this was in apocalypse now there's a scene where um he is drunk and he trashes his hotel room yeah he really was drunk wasn't he? that's exactly right sheen was actually drunk and he couldn't believe the bloody mess the next day and confessed to francis ford coppola that he refuses to rewatch the scene so he regrets doing it Mm -hmm. yeah Wow, he was really drunk. Really super drunk, yeah. Wasn't he mostly drunk for two and a half men, like, the whole time? I think so. There's that. Yeah. (laughs) There's that. Uh, No, we're talking talking about Martin Sheen, his dad. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking Charlie. Yeah. Because he was drunk all the time, too. Yeah, no, that that was a movie from, what, the late 70s? 70s, late 70s, yeah. Yeah, great movie. Um, wow. It really is great. Movie. A great movie. Apocalypse Now. Maybe. Is that on the AFI list? Maybe that we is. Should watch we it. should. I, you know what? Yeah. I've never, I've never seen it. Oh, oh. Nope. Oh, it's heavy, Jason. It yeah, I know. Heavy. It's one of those. It is one of those. Uh, I had three film classes. Never watched that for whatever reason. So maybe, yeah, that should yeah. be on our list. Oh, you might right. need some sleeping medication. You might we might need one. to break it up with a dumb comedy like something yeah. like hot or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, especially after Citizen Kane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, um Taylor Lautner who was made famous in the Twilight movies, um in Twilight Saga New Moon. Uh he's a werewolf, of course, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, when werewolves transform, shirts rip open, so there's your motivation. <laughs> Still, I don't want to become known as just a body. If I had to choose, I would never take my shirt off again in a movie. But I guess that's not very realistic now. So oh. you know, he oh. just he got pigeonholed into just being an actor who is fame got famous for having a good body. Well, and if I, if I remember correctly, I think I've read something. He has not body issues, but he struggles with with body image. Sure. If I, yeah, and I don't know if it was the result of or um, added to because of that movie, because of the pressure sure. of, of looking yeah, a certain would, way. That would do it, don't you think? Yep. And uh, constant oh, uh, pressure for the rest of your life to yeah. be yes. that thing. Yeah. Yep. And yep. knowing you're being cast just for that, and yep. then you know you're getting older. Gosh, that would just be great to see him in something where he didn't have to do that. Um, Nicole Kidman in Big Little Lies, uh, her domestic oh. abuse scenes took a real life toll on her. She says, "I remember lying on the floor, being in my underwear, and having just been really thrown around." You know, because she really was thrown around the room. There's no denying that. You can't fake that. Uh, She was just lying on the floor. I couldn't get up. I was just completely humiliated and devastated and angry inside. Wow. Right. I had no idea that she felt that way about that scene. Yeah, it really hit her on a visceral level. You know, Keith Urban was saying that after she did the scenes that day, or he was really feeling for her, too, and just how she got into that role and just the physical toll of it mm-hmm. yeah because it is i mean you watch you watch those scenes it is yeah. tough to watch it is so realistic and unflinching mm-hmm. and terrifying. terrifying yeah 
All right. Um, in Hateful Eight, Kurt Russell was totally in character when he grabbed a guitar from Jennifer Jason Lee and smashed it into pieces. Nobody told him it was an antique Martin from the 1860s worth 40 grand. Holy Whoa. crap. No way. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee had fallen in love with the guitar and was heartbroken, and Kurt Russell nearly cried himself because he did not know that it wasn't just a prop. It was a real... Oh. So it was like a moment that oh. he... Like an improv moment. Oh. <laughs> From the what? 1860s. Is that just a loss, or did he have to pay for it? Or? Oh, God. I'm <laughs> sure he didn't, but still, he probably just felt terrible. Oh, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. We, have time. we have time for one more. Yeah. Okay, let's do this one. Titanic, Kate Winslet. Of course, she's topless in the movie, and fans are really weird because um, they will hand Kate Winslet nude stills no! from Titanic and ask Gross. her to autograph them. And Gross. she says, I don't sign that. It feels very uncomfortable. It still haunts me. Yeah. Ugh. That's disgusting. Ugh. You perv. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Hey, can you uplifting? Can you sign this right here, ma'am? Uh, oh, gross! People are disgusting. <laughs> Seven twenty-six. When we come back, uh, there's a new documentary from HBO Sports about Tiger Woods. Uh, episode one debuted on Sunday. I watched it. Lots to say. Lots to explore. When we come back, the Jason and Alexis Show presents. The Dynasty Slap of the Day. Why, you dirty little... Don't choke on the word. Spit it out. Or has the former nightclub queen become too much of a lady these days? Whichever. This has been The Dynasty Slap of the Day. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, Dynasty premiered on this day in oh, 1981. Wow, really? Yeah. On this day in 1981. Wow. 40 years ago. I'm just saying because you're mentioning all in the family 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's be a big day for. Yep. Permutes. So it is. There we go. 40 and 50 yeah, all in the family uh, 50 years ago. And Dynasty on ABC 40 years ago. Uh, it was the network's answer to Dallas over there on CBS. Welcome back, Jason and Alexis in the morning. The uh, new documentary from HBO and HBO Sports debuted on Sunday called Tiger, all about Tiger Woods. And it, since it's from HBO, you know it's going to be good. You know it's not going to be a crap documentary with, you know, uh, here's Tiger's uh, second best friend from third grade. I mean, this is a, <laughs> yeah. this is a real in-depth, uh, quality, quality documentary series. I don't know how many parts there are. I Oh, I think it's going to be two. Uh, last Sunday and then uh, this coming Sunday. Here's a little bit of the trailer, and we'll talk about what I kind of took from part one of this, which this part of the trailer basically sums up very well because it's all about his father. When Tiger was 10 months old, I unstrapped him out of his high chair one day, and he walked over and hit the ball. There it is. I said, oh, my God, I've got something special. I think Earl had the master plan since Tiger started walking. 
He asked me to ask his dad if he could play some other sports. But Mr. Woods said he had to concentrate on his golf. I wanted to protect that sweetness of him. It was a quality that I loved about him. I could tell he didn't know what was coming. Tiger was going to be this bridge between all the different races and tribes of humanity. How are you handling all the adulation? I honestly don't feel comfortable with that. Earl taught him the mental toughness to tackle the game of golf. I'm not sure that Tiger was mentally tough enough to handle the pressures of fame. And you learn that in part one of Tiger on HBO. I I had a different, you know, obviously I, I, I'm not, I'm a transient kind of uh, 694 sports fan, mm-hmm. but I've been a fan. I've been a 694 fan of Tiger. Um, I, Colin laughed at me because I remember, um, and I have it on VHS, I remember... Tiger's appearance on the Oprah Winfrey show, whatever, Alexis. Uh, yes, I have a VCR. VCR over there too? Whatever. Yeah, I have a VCR DVD combo. <laughs> huh, anyway, she could be giving crap for yeah. years for that, huh? Well, deservedly so. Anyway, um, I remember Tiger's first appearance on the Oprah Winfrey show following his first win at the Masters, and. Uh, what a phenom he was, and I so I was very aware of of what he was, and I watching that episode, and subsequently, I I had one impression of Earl. I had one impression of his father. Mm. Wow, does this my biggest takeaway was from Tiger? Wow, was I wrong? Um, what did you initially think about his dad? From the I Oprah thought. Special? Well, I thought everything was, as we said in the 80s, hunky-dory. Everything was, <laughs> everything, a hunky, yeah. I thought everything was blissful, and he was, Earl was perfect. And this was a perfect relationship. Now, obviously, I was a little more naive back then, but I um, this really rips the veneer off of the public persona of that relationship not in a tabloidy scandalous way but really digs deep into the realities of the dynamic between earl and tiger and what it started out being and what it sadly turned into toward the end of earl's life mm. uh before he died of cancer in the uh, in the two early 2000s um and w- it's perfectly, I, I think, the scene that, not the scene, the uh, part of the documentary that just encapsulated what Tiger's life was like as a as an adolescent, as a teenager, was um, the, the second voice you heard in that trailer was his, uh, his first girlfriend, who played a prominent part in this documentary because she was the one you heard her say she really tried to protect Tiger and yeah. showed Tiger a normal life. She says something in this documentary that kind of put me back on my heels and and, and really showed you what Tiger's life was like. She she said that Tiger loved going over to her house with her big family because it was loud and ruckus and um, fun and irreverent. And she said it was you would go over to the Woods house and it was very structured and there was no joy and things were so Earl had one goal and one goal only. And that was to make tiger a golf phenomenon. 
not just a player, but a fin- he said, and it's he's quoted. He he saw Tiger as bigger than Gandhi and Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, Earl, it was not. It was an obsession. It's a lot of pressure to put on your kid. It's your oh! hopes and dreams that you're putting on someone else. It's- yeah, and at the same time, you admire also that the, the focus that's necessary to get there, and how deeply. He he really believed in his his son. See, and that's that's where it's. Thank you for saying that. That's where your feeling on Earl. I mean, all humans have this. There, there's nuances with him where, wow, in one minute you are like, oh, poor Tiger, and then the next minute you know that Earl and, and all of the people interviewed say this. You know, Earl loved Tiger. I mean, Earl uh, Tiger. There was nobody, nothing more important than Tiger. It was his it treasure, was, right? Didn't it he say was. That? Yes, I mean, but the way Earl showed love and the way the drive really you see, you can draw a line and you start to when you watch this documentary. I thought to myself, wow, you if you thought about it, you could see how Tiger's story was going to end up even before it ended up that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, Absolutely. I mean, if you could put on like futurist, if you could put on future telling glasses, mm. uh, Earl's influence couldn't help. You could see how Tiger was going to eventually fall yep. if you just thought about it long enough. And that struck me. I was like, wow. Did they uh, go into his training even as a kid? Yes. And was it was his diet controlled? Was he up at no, crack? no. Uh, everything, uh, everything. Oh, Tanny, go ahead. I mean, I, yeah, everything was controlled. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that from what I know. But uh, my question for you about the documentary in part one: Did they talk about Earl's uh, mm-hmm. uh, his mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whoring around? No, um, his, that his, comes uh, out treatment of women. Oh, uh, and all of that. Mm. Kenny, one of the most, one of the most you go like you're you're kind of going you're holding your breath is. One of the family friends, the basically like an uncle to Tiger and Earl's really good friend. And um, you can see he's being interviewed. And again, it's HBO. So, you know, it's not it's not tabloidy. It's not inside edition. And this guy takes like a deep breath and he goes, who, what do I want to say here? And, right. and you can see that he's really struggling because and he even looks in the camera and he goes, I'm sorry, champ. I'm sorry. I know you're not going to like this, meaning he's talking to Tiger going, I know because of how private Tiger is. He knows what he's getting ready to say is not going to please Tiger, but he reveals. And this is where, again, this is where I got that thing where you could draw the line. He said that he that uh, Earl Woods had a camper, had an RV. And while Tiger in Tiger's adolescence, while Tiger was on the greens playing golf, um, and had instructors, Earl would be in the RV with these young ladies. Right. And Tiger saw all of this. Yeah. And, and, and it, and it was that womanizing that started to have an effect on their relationship because of, you know, Tiger obviously loved his mother and adored his mother. And, yeah. and, uh, and Tiger saw all of this. But again, yeah. It's a circle. I mean, you can you can look at Tiger and and right. and how and how he grew up, and you can see the car careening. <laughs> yeah, and, and that yeah. kind of activity, uh, him witnessing that 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 
he still has a developing brain as a teenager. You know, your your brain isn't fully developed, and that, and so he's carrying around this luggage forever and ever, and that's probably what led to his issues, many yes. issues with women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's just a history repeating itself all over again, and you can thank Earl for that. Well, and I'm not um, gonna. I, again, I want you guys to watch this. Uh, the uh, the end of the story with the girlfriend, the first girlfriend, breaks your heart. Oh, and yeah. also, yeah. at the same time, shows you the pull and influence and the coldness. This is where Earl's, um, this is where Earl and his mother, this is where the coldness of the training comes into play. Uh, the end of that relationship breaks your heart. Um, and you can tell the girlfriend is still struck by it all of these years later. Um, yeah, it's guys, it's so well done. Sunday, so it's it'll be released on Sunday then. Yeah, how long is it? About an hour. Okay, and, and it ends. I'm not going to tell you. It ends, <laughs> and you have know to it. Prepare for this. This is. I saw the trailer for this, thinking I want to see that, but. Am I ready for it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's um, it's so well done. It's so well done. And to well answer done. your question, Lex, uh, Tiger yeah. actually took the whole training thing to the, the next level, yeah. uh, almost military style, uh, and they'll probably cover that in the next episode. It's fascinating. He's a fascinating guy. Yes. He goes uh, into in a trance. Real- His yeah, father yeah. taught him how to go into a basic yeah. a trance. Ooh, he's in the zone. Yep. Yes. Yep. It's you guys, can't it's help but feel empathy for the guy, no matter yeah. what you think of him, just because of the way he was raised and what he's been through. Yeah. When we come back, the one and only Liz will join us for a few minutes. Stay with us. And now, a safety tip from Veronica Poo Nash. When you're vacationing, you know, you're going to the beach, do that. Go to the beach. Don't go to the ocean, okay? The ocean is the shark's house. This has been a safety tip from Veronica Poo Nash. I mean, that's, I mean, applicable even in winter. I mean, it's sound, sound advice, everyone. Let's do one more. And now, a safety tip from Veronica Poo Nash. But I'm not going to the ocean because that's the shark's house. Has the right to eat you up when you in his house. When chickens come in my house, guess what? They get ate. When pigs come in my house, they own the plate. This has been a safety tip from Veronica Poo Nash. Again, oh, that's wonderful. Again, applicable. I yeah, mean, yeah, really she's okay. right. We, if we go into the shark's house. Be prepared to be eaten. <laughs> right. The ocean is the shark's house. That's the risk you take. Uh-huh. Right. Lex lives in the woods, you know? I mean, yeah, I'm hey, just saying. There are bears. Deer, yeah. Squirrels. Yeah. Have, have, you, have you ever seen it's a bear? a risk. Neighbors? I have not. No. Okay. That's good. But you know I'll tell you if I do. Oh, that please. That would be it, something. That would be There's one and a half. once. Coyotes. One, a couple segments we could do right there. Oh, yeah, we could. Lex, Lex sees a bear. Uh, let's talk to Liz, our good friend uh, Liz from Little Brothers Friends of the Elderly. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, Liz, have let's start. No. I was just going to say, Liz, let's ask you this. We always try to have a topic for you. So here's today's topic, nature. Have, yeah. you, ever, have you ever encountered a wild animal? 
I actually never have, and I used to go out in the woods a lot. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. That's good. Okay, then let me ask you this. Do you have, because for instance, Liz, uh, I have a primal fear, as does Dawn, of sharks. Like if I ever went in the ocean with Alexis and I saw a shark fin... <laughs> Liz, I would leave her. I would, I would, I would just, I would swim quick, and Lex would have to fend for herself. Um, do you have well, any? Pr- I, I don't like them either. I'm terrified of them, and it seems like we're getting more and more shark attacks as it is. Yeah. I know. Do you? But other than, uh, other than sharks, do you have any primal fears, Liz? Well, I think my primal fear is that um, that I would be standing there. You're looking at the world, and I would be trying to understand things, and the world would be invisible to me. I'd be standing out in space with nothing around me. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, real. Oh, wow. That is terrifying. Oh, my. That is terrifying. <laughs> and I, it's so intellectually advanced that I cannot process that. That is fantastic. Well, that's the kind of mind I have. <laughs> so the world is spinning around you, but you can't do anything. Yeah, and I can't see what's going on. Uh, <laughs> oh. And that's kind of the that's... way I feel a lot of times with everything going on right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, and yeah. you also oh, are legally blind. Yep. So you have a oh, hard time too. seeing past, like, if you don't mind me asking, how far can you see? Well, Arms you know, uh, uh, macular degeneration and glaucoma are kind of interesting because <clears throat> macular, the center of the eye is going, and glaucoma, the peripheral vision, is going. Mm, yeah. And so I'm basically looking at the rose through the middle section of my eye, mm-hmm. but I can see quite a distance. It's oh. You know, it has an effect on how distant I can see. Okay. The problem is that... Um, Everything's foggy. Ah, yes. Okay. You know, I look like I'm going through a fog bank all the time. Mm, right. Oh. And so it's very frustrating, you know, because I love nature. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, you know, I love to look at flowers and trees and all that stuff, and I can't see them clearly, and that really bothers me. Mm, right. <laughs> Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. That's how that works. So it's not a matter of of a problem of seeing something far away. It's that it's 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 like a camera that can't focus. Am I right on that? That's exactly right. Exactly okay. right. But unfortunately, it affects your near vision more than your distant vision. So I can't see to read. Oh, to read, right. That's yes. why you have to have audio books. Yeah, okay. exactly. And if I didn't have audio books, I'd be a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do a lot of audio books, huh? Yeah, I do. I really do. I, I get at least go through at least three or four a week. <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> What uh, what what are you what are you reading right now? What what's uh, what's on the library? What's on the menu? Oh, you're going to be fascinated by it. So oh, it's oh. a book called "How We Got Every How Everything We Got Wrong." <laughs> oh, wow. That's a long book. And you know what it's about? What? It's about how our del- all our delusions and what we believe and think and think we think and think we know uh-huh. and how we. All have a a, con, a certain concept of the world, yeah. and how we're not willing to look at anything that doesn't reflect that same concept that we want to hold. Oh, oh wow! Sounds very familiar nowadays, doesn't it? Yes, it yeah. does. Wow. Wait, Liz, what's the name of that book again? 
It's uh, I, I, I can't quite get the name right. It's oh. how we are wrong about practically everything. Okay. <laughs> oh wow, that's okay. Well, yeah, we'll put we'll, we'll put a link on there. Liz, as <laughs> always, thank you so much, sweetie. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Well, you all have a good week too, and yeah. keep smiling. Bye bye. Yes, exactly. Bye. Thank you, Liz. Liz is, Liz is reading that. Meanwhile, I'm reading like Beezus and Ramona. You know what I mean? It's like. Yes. I read Jack and the Beanstalk yesterday, guys. Oh. I read Beverly Clary's Dear Mr. Henshaw. That was great. I'm reading Rixby today. We were like, what's your favorite? We're like seeing a squirrel, and she's like. The world is spinning around me, and I can't see or do anything. We're like, whoa! I'm afraid of Netflix going out, and she's afraid of... Yeah, I'm like... Anyway. Nails. 651-641-1071. We're looking for two people who want their sticks read. 651-641-1071. That is next on our show.